Hello everybody, and welcome to Reading by Flashlight. Today we are still going over the Ichabog, which is written by J.K. Rowling, who's also the author of the very famous series, Harry Potter. And we are going to be going over the next 10 or so chapters, and if you haven't already, make sure you follow the podcast and you have your notifications on so that you'll be notified whenever a new episode is released or a detail is updated, and make sure to check out previous episodes if you haven't already. So without further ado, let's begin. So as Cornucopia is growing poorer and poorer, Maud Grunter is growing richer and richer. And it's because all these people can't afford to raise their kids and stuff, or their parents are maybe dying from um, just not getting enough food from hunger. And so all these kids are being dropped off at her orphanage. So of course she's being paid to watch over all these kids, but she's also has started to re- request um some funds from the from the king himself so now she's kind of being paid out of the king's treasury to take care of these kids and but the thing is she's not actually using the money to provide for them she's using the money for her own good and like for her own wants and stuff so really none of the money that's supposed to be going towards the orphanage is actually going towards the orphanage so she's becoming richer and richer, but the kids are still in the same position. And Spittleworth came to kind of check up on everything, and he saw that they weren't in a very good condition. And she kind of manipulated him into thinking, yeah, the money that we're getting isn't enough to like to take care of these people. So he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll keep sending you guys funds. And Spittleworth actually saw Daisy and thought that she looked a little bit familiar and asked her, what's your name? And she's like, uh, my name's Jane. We're all Janes here, you know. And so she gets into kind of this little fight, a tussle. I don't know what you'd call it. A verbal shouting match with um, Lord Spittleworth. So then he leaves. And one of the things that Daisy said was, Tonight, though, Daisy wished that she too believed in a monster in the marsh rather than in the human wickedness she'd seen staring out of Lord Spittleworth's eyes. Chapter 39 is titled, Bert and the Ichabog Defense Brigade. So we hear that Bert is about to turn 15, and, I mean, I'm 15, and it says, well, that's not really a age that would make a big difference to you, but it does for Bert, because that's the age that people are allowed to enlist into uh, being a soldier. And naturally, you know, Bert wants to be a part of this, you know, because the Ichabog was what, air quote, air quote, killed his father. So, like, he probably, he more than likely just wants to be a part of it to have some help in stopping the Ichabog. So Bert walks up, Bert walks up to where he has to register and he's like, I want, I want to join the Ichabog Defense Brigade. So the guard took his name, told him to wait, and then they carried the message to Major Roach. And then they brought Bert to Major Roach. And the soldier's like, Major, there's this boy here. He, uh, his name's Bert Beamish. He wants to know if he can join it, the Defense Brigade. And Flapoon's like, tell him to go away. We're busy. And then Roach says, do not tell the Beamish boy to go away. Bring him in here immediately. So they ask Bert all these sorts of questions. Um, There's going to be tests. You know, can you ride a horse? Can you use a sword? Can you shoot? And he's like, yes, 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 I can do all that. And then Bert was like completely humiliated by them. And he ran out all the way back home. And his mother was like, Bert, what are you doing home? And Bert's like, oh, I got a, I got a toothache. Der 40 is titled, Bert Finds a Clue. 
So another attack had been made by the Ichabod. And again, people were very sad about this, but at this point it didn't really surprise him because of how many times the Ichabod had broken into city grounds. And so Bert had stayed behind and was kind of examining the scene. Like he was looking for details of the footprints, fang marks, and all this stuff that might help him when he comes face to face with this evil creature. So he memorized every detail of the monster's prints and then just walked home and kind of looked at his father's medal and tried to figure out everything that had happened. And so he goes to look under his bed and because one of the medals that he was holding had slipped through his fingers. So he kind of puts his hand under the bed to kind of feel around and he happens to pull out the last remaining piece of the tiny Ichabod carving that Mr. Dovetail had made for him, but all that's left is a piece of this foot. Like, it's just uh, the foot left. And he was like, well, it must have just not gone into the fire when I had burned the rest of it up. And so he was on the point of tossing this into the fire as well, but then he kind of looked at it, and he began to get an idea forming. And, you know, I think I know what it is. Chapter 41 is titled, Mrs. Beamish's Plan. So Bert rushes out to show his mother. He's like, mother. And she's like, what? And he's like, mother, look. And she's just like, it's just a part of that little Ichabod toy you used to have. And then she kind of doesn't finish her sentence and she's just staring at it. And she remembers the footprints that she and Bert had seen earlier. And although it was much bigger, the shape of the foot was pretty much identical to the giant footprint. And so were the claws, the scales, everything was similar and everything just starts rolling into place for her she remembers all the little uncomfortable details that she kind of pushed out of her mind that she was a little bit skeptical about she's like those were all true you and she's like the the king can't know he can't because he's a good man he he surely doesn't know about any of the things that's happening right now and so she said i'm going to go and see the king and he's like right now she says, tonight, while there's a chance that neither of the lords are with him, because it's obvious that they have had something to do with it. And she says, he'll see me because he's always liked me. And Bert says, well, I, I want to come too. So Miss Beamish is like, no, listen to me, Bert. If I'm not back from the palace in one hour, you're to leave here, head north to Jeroboam, find Cousin Harold and tell him everything. And Bert's like, but, and she's like, promise me you'll go if I'm not back in an hour, Bert. And he's like, I will. And so she walks quickly to the door, puts on her shoes, and just slips off into the night. So I wonder if we're going to see some action here soon because Miss Beamish seems to have figured out. Well, Bert and Miss Beamish seem to have figured out what's happening. So the next chapter, chapter 42, is called Behind the Curtain. So basically, she's able to sneak into the castle and gets pretty close to King Fred but Spittleworth and Flapoon are with him, so she tries to hide the best that she can until they leave, but it turns out that they find her, and they're like, don't make a noise, or the king's gonna need a new pastry chef. And so they're like, what are you doing here, hiding behind a curtain? And she's like, all she says is, I know what you're up to. And then in her head, she's just thinking, run, Bert, run! Um... And they're kind of like moving in on her. They're like, ooh, another person to arrest. Another person who committed treason. Okay, chapter 43 is titled Bert and the Guard. 
So Bert's been waiting this whole hour for his mom to come back. And there's like two minutes left in the hour. And she's still not back. And then he thinks he gets a glimpse of her. But it turns out it was Major Roach. And he's accompanied by a couple of the Ichabod Defense Brigades. And, you know, they're here to cause some trouble. So Major Roach, he's banging on the front door. And he's like, okay, I'm going to check the back. And Bert's like, I got to get out of here. They're probably, they probably, that, they're probably figured out that my mom was there. And now they're coming after me. So everyone's like, we got to find Bert because if he knows the truth and, you know, he's the son of the Ichabog's first victim. If if he starts telling the world that the monster's a lie, people are going to listen to him. So he somehow managed to get face first into the dirt and kind of uh, crawled his way out of there. Chapter 44 is titled Miss Beamish Fights Back. So right when Spittleworth and Flapoon are bringing um, Miss Beamish into the basement, Mr. Dovetail's down there. And Mr. Dovetail's down there. And Miss Beamish hears someone saying, When I finish the pho, are you going to let me out to see my daughter? She's like, Oh, that voice sounds familiar. So Miss Beamish is put into a cell. And she says, Firstly, if you're going to kill me, the king's going to know because he'll notice that I'm not making his pastries. He'll be able to know the difference. And they're like, That's true. But the king will believe that you've been killed by the Ichabog. They'll just have to simply get used to this pastries tasting different, won't he? But Miss Beamish is like, my house lies in the shadow of the palace walls. It's going to be impossible to fake an Ichabog attack there there without having hundreds of witnesses woken up. And so they're like, well, you're going to be making some pastries now. We're going to bring you an oven and a stove and you're still going to keep cooking and stuff. And Miss Beamish says, well, I'm going to need some people down here to help me. And she recognized the voice that she'd heard earlier and she's like, Dan? Dan Dovetail? I know it's you in there. It's it's Bertha Beamish, you know? Remember me? And he gets kind of just humming and mumbling to himself. And she's like, I really hope Bert's okay. Uh, chapter 45, it is titled Bert and Jeroboam. So Bert's traveling. He's following his mother's commands and traveling to Jeroboam where his Uncle Harold supposedly lives. And so he goes to the address. He goes to the place where he's supposed to live. And there's this just woman nearby. And so he says, please, can, can you tell me where Harold's gone, who used to own this place? And she's like, Harold? Oh, he just went south a week ago. He went to go uh, be with his relatives down by the palace. You know, he's hoping to get a job with the king. So stunned, Bert just walk, watches this woman look away because they can, they both headed in the other person's direction. And... Out of the corner of his eye, he saw one of his own wanted posters fluttering around. And then he felt the point of a sword at his back and a voice that said, Gotcha. Chapter 46 is titled The Tale of Roderick Roach. And it was Roderick Roach who was holding the sword. And he's like, what are you doing here? This is all your fault. And Bert's like, what's all your fault? And Roderick's like, you ran away from my father. Bert's like, of course I did. He tried to kill me. And Roderick is like, but now he's dead because of it. And Bert's like, Major Roach is dead? How? So Roderick said that Spittleworth came to their house when the soldiers weren't able to find Bert. And he was so angry that he hadn't caught you. So he grabbed the soldier's gun and pow, pow. So Roderick's down there crying. And Bert's like, well, how'd you get all the way over here? And so he's like, well, someone from the pouts told me that you were coming this way. He remembered your mother talking about your cousin owning a tavern, so he thought that this is where you had headed. 
but they'd scarcely even taken a couple more steps before someone said, Hands up, you two are coming with me. And guess who it was? It was Basher John, Ma Grunter's deputy. Uh. So he's like, yeah, you two will do. Give me that sword. And he's like, move, come on. And he pushes him to the way to Ma Grunter's orphanage. Chapter 47 is titled Down in the Dungeons. So all of Miss Beamish's cooking supplies and utensils have been brought down. And she's kind of got this own little room, her own little kitchen down there. And she's continuing to make everything she normally would in her bakery down in the dungeon. With the help of the other prisoners, of course. So all the while, Miss Beamish is still trying to get Mr. Dovetail to talk to her. He's still carving Ichabod feet for them. They just need more and more, and he's not being let go. His mind is shattering, and he's just mumbling and humming this whole time. And she thinks that there's still some hope that she can help get him back to his right state of mind. Um, chapter 48, the last chapter we'll look at today is titled Bert and Daisy Find Each Other. That sounds like a good way to end the episode, you know? So it turns out that the reason Besher John was on the streets was because at the orphanage, they just had had this sudden um, rate of deaths. So he was trying to round up as many homeless children as he could to keep up the numbers because our inspector came to visit about three times a year to make sure that she wasn't lying about how many kids were actually there so you know she wasn't taking more money for herself. So, of course, uh, Ma Grunter's kind of area of the orphanage where she lived in, her private area, was very richly decorated, very luxurious. And her table was always filled with the finest food and stuff, while the kids pretty much had nothing. And so, Bert and Roderick have arrived at the orphanage, and Daisy doesn't really pay too much attention to them because they're really dirty, really ragged, and she doesn't recognize them. So Daisy gets into a little bit of trouble for doing something nice for the children. So Basher John comes and he's like, you, you've been stealing again, ugly Jane. I'm going to beat you up. So Bert's like, don't you dare. And then Bert and Roderick started beating him up. And then he went away looking really um, humiliated. And so Daisy was like, thanks for earlier. And Bert's like, you're welcome. Does he behave like that all the time? And so he's like, what's your name? Like, your real name. And she said, Daisy, but you have to remember to call me Jane when Basher John's around. And so Bert's like, Daisy? Daisy, it's me. It's Bert Beamish. And so she finally recognized him underneath all the dirt and mud. And her mouth falls open. And then they were crying. And they're like, our lives are terrible. But... Now Cornucopia seemed the happiest place on earth because they had finally found friend, not foe. Well, thank you for listening to this week's podcast episode. Make sure to come back next week as we'll go over the next 10 or so chapters. Um, make sure to tell everyone you know about this podcast and have your notifications on so that you'll know when a episode is released. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.